This podcast was made possible by a sponsorship from Avexis, a clinical stage gene therapy company. The following content was not developed by Avexis. Welcome to the SMA News Today podcast, episode 48. I'm your host, Kevin Schaefer, and I'm here with my co-host, Michael Morale. Michael, how are you doing today? Doing great, Kevin. How are you doing? Doing fantastic. And today we have a special episode for you all, and also our last podcast of 2019. Uh, So instead of just Michael and I doing our usual roundtable discussion, we have one other SMA News Today staff member with us. So joining us today is Deanne Rungi, who is a vlogger and forums moderator for us. And you can check out her show, Dose of Deanne, on our YouTube channel. Deanne, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We're really excited about this one, and uh, it'll be a really good way to cap off the year. So so today we're going to look at um, the news, we just only have one story today, and then we're mainly going to talk with Deanne about her work here at SMA News today, as well as just some general highlights from the year. So it'll be a lot of fun. Before we get started, if everyone could please listen to a brief word from our sponsor. Are you interested in learning more about the latest treatment for spinal muscular atrophy? Visit TreatSMA.com to see how this treatment works, hear about family stories, and learn about the steps to starting treatment visit treatsma.com. All right. Well, uh, as I said, we only have one news story to talk about today, uh, but it is really important. So uh, this news broke at the end of November, but we haven't had a chance to talk about it on the podcast yet. So uh, as listeners know and readers of our website know, we have been reporting on the experimental therapy Rizdaplam a lot lately. Uh, This drug was developed by pharmaceutical companies Roche and Genentech. And if FDA approved, it would be the first oral treatment for SMA. So it's a big topic right now in the SMA community. And recently, the FDA granted priority review status for this drug. Uh, We'll have this story linked in the description. But Michael, can you give us an overview of this story and just, you know, your general thoughts? Absolutely, Kevin. Uh, What happened was uh, the FDA granted Roche and Genentech priority review status for their potential treatment called Rizdaplam. And like you said in the opening, Rizdaplam is going to be the first oral treatment for SMA. So I would like to talk a little bit about that and just what we expect to happen with regards to the time frame and uh, insurance and cost and uh, everything like that. So what happened was, you know, back in uh, November 2019 or 2016, the FDA talked about Spinraza, and Spinraza was the first treatment for those of us with SMA. And then on May 24th, 2019, this year, uh, the FDA approved Zolgensma, okay, from Avexis. And so we've known that there was going to be another treatment coming around the corner, but uh, now that the FDA has given Roche Genentech uh, in collaboration with uh, PTC Therapeutics and the SMA Foundation, they awarded priority review status to their potential treatment called Rizdaplam. And like I said, it's going to be the first oral treatment. Um, We see a lot of benefits to this. You know, some of the benefits will be that instead of having to go to the hospital to receive our injections in our backs, our necks, or our sides, uh, we will now be able to take this treatment that'll be prescribed by the doctor 
for us to bring home and it'll be something that we drink on a daily basis or weekly basis, whatever they decide to do once they approve it. So what will happen is the potential or the, the, what we think will be the date that they're going to make this announcement and what we've heard is either on or before May 24th of 2020, which I think is kind of interesting in the fact that this date coincides with the one-year anniversary of the announcement of Zolgensma. And we don't know if that's any, if there's any correlation between the two dates, but I do kind of find it funny. But my gut feeling tells me that they'll probably announce it maybe a little bit before that. Um, what priority review status is, um, Biogen got approval for Spinraza, and during the approval process, they were granted what they called fast track status. And then Zolgensma was awarded priority review status, just like Rizdaplam was, was recently granted. Fast track status and priority review status is essentially the same thing. What it does, it just speeds up the process by which the FDA will either approve or deny the treatment. Normally, without these two designations, uh, it takes anywhere from eight to 12 months, sometimes even longer, before the FDA will give their decision. But when they give priority review status or fast track status to a potential new treatment, this speeds the process up. So since they were just awarded this probably about a month ago, maybe a little bit less than a month ago, we know that by that timeline, it's going to be around April or May, maybe sooner, but probably around the April to May timeframe of next year. And uh, Rizdaplan is getting some really good results that we've heard of with regards to their clinical trials. And, you know, unfortunately, now that they're under that priority review status, uh, Roche and Genentech are very limited with regards to the information that they can release regarding, you know, their data from their uh, clinical trials or really in uh, any information at all. The FDA really keeps a strong uh, hold on this information because they don't want them to give out all this data and tout how wonderful it's going to be and then end up denying the treatment. So uh, the FDA puts a lot of uh, holds with regards to what's going to be released until the FDA has a chance to actually approve the treatment. And then once that approval process happens, the FDA will then write the label. Okay. If you remember, whenever Zolgensma was approved, it was originally only going to be approved for uh, toddler or infants up to nine months old. And then um, what happened was Avexis resubmitted some information at pretty much the last minute and said, hey, we want to see if we can make this uh, to a broader range. So when the FDA approved Zolgensma, they wrote the label to include infants and toddlers up to two years of age, irregardless of what type of SMA that they had. So uh, with that being said, you know, we don't know exactly what the stipulations are going to be with regards to Rizdaplan until the FDA approves it and actually writes the label. So we'll know a lot more information once the approval comes out, of course, but we're going to you know, talk to our sources. We're going to try to get as much information as we can regarding Rizdaplan. Uh, with regards to cost, we don't know what it's going to cost right now because, again, 
that hasn't been released by Roche and Genentech. Uh, it wasn't really released uh, before Zogensma was announced. We kind of had an inkling as to how much it may cost, but until we hear from the FDA, we're not going to report on any numbers. I've had a few members to my personal YouTube channel ask me, what about insurance? Is insurance going to pick up the cost of this? Okay, so again, we don't know what the cost is going to be, but my gut feeling tells me that the insurance companies will probably pick up Rizdaplan. In my opinion, I think they'll probably pick it up faster than they did with Spinraza and Zolgensma, just for the simple fact that you're not going to have to go into the hospital to receive this treatment. So you're not going to have the extra cost associated with just the treatment itself. You know, right now, my insurance company picks up uh, the cost of the treatment and they also pick up the cost of, you know, me going into the hospital, paying for the surgical suite, the doctors, the actual procedure, the recovery and everything like that. So, and that's probably anywhere from two to $4,000. So insurance companies are going to know that that's not going to be an added expense anymore, which is really going to be great. So there's a lot of benefits to this. And I think what you'll see is uh, insurance companies will probably look at the information. They've had data now for quite some time with regards to Spinraza and Zolgensma. So they know that these treatments are doing something, you know, especially for the younger population. Now, is Rizdaplam going to be available to everybody? That's a question that's being asked. It's being tested for all types of SMA and for all ages of SMA. So again, my gut feeling, and remember, these are my feelings only. My feeling is that, that it will be available to anybody that has SMA, irregardless of the type and age. So that's the information that I've got right now. Uh, of course, as time goes on, as we get into 2020, we're going to be learning more. So if you don't already have an ID set up or an account set up on the SMA News Today forum, I highly recommend that you go out there and do that because we, we pretty much lead the industry when it comes to giving information and keeping all of our users and members updated. And as soon as we hear something, not only will there be an article out on the website, we'll also report it in the flash briefings and uh, the roundtable discussions kind of like we're doing now. So uh, please make sure you go out there and get your ID set up, um, get your account set up so you can keep up to date with the information. So that's really all I've got right now, Kevin. Uh, as soon as I know something uh, or as soon as we learn something more, we'll make sure that we pass it along to everybody listening. Definitely. And thanks, Michael. I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, no, it's something I've written about some as well. But um, Deanne, I'm curious too, like, I don't know how much thought you've given to raise the plan more like, you know, and again, a lot of it is up in the air, but I was just curious if like, it's something you thought about if like it, um, if once it, it gets FDA approved, if it's something you would consider switching to, cause I know all of us are on Spinraza, but I was just curious to hear your thoughts. Yeah, it's definitely high on my radar. I'm following all the news stories and everything. Um, I know for me, the Spinraza process is somewhat difficult because I have to travel to get to the injections and I live in Minnesota where it's below zero and snowy for several months out of the year. 
So uh, it would definitely make the process for me easier. Um, and I know I'm, as Michael said, I follow SMA News Today even before I was part of this organization. I, that's where I learned about Spinraza. So I know it's a great resource and uh, to follow and find information about. I'm curious as well as everybody is about the cost and insurance coverage and if it, if we have to go through maybe a specialty pharmacy or um, the different, you know, side effects being that it's a different administration method and a lot of questions, but they'll be answered in due time, I'm sure. Absolutely. And yeah, no, I'm sure there'll be more updates in the coming months, but uh, yeah, I'm glad you brought up that point, too, about, uh, you know, the case with you and a lot of others have to travel, you know, far distances uh, for Spinraza injections. So that is a major factor as well. So it, it'll it be interesting, and I'm sure we will have more news in the coming months. So awesome. Well, um, well, thanks for this discussion. And uh, shifting gears a little bit. Um, so, Deanne, I wanted to talk with you just about your work here at SMA News Today and some of the highlights of 2019 as we're wrapping up the year, I just kind of want to um, see what kind of your highlights were. And um, so to start off, can you just tell listeners a little bit about how your YouTube show, Dose of DN, got started? Um, obviously, I know this story, but for our listeners out there, I think it'd be really interesting. Well, I started off with a personal YouTube channel, just kind of showing things that I go through having SMA. I didn't really see a lot of representation out there of someone who, who has a disability. Um, so I wanted to kind of show how I live my life and use that to inspire others. And uh, you found me, Kevin, and uh, wanted to know if I'd be interested in coming on with SMA News today. And I said yes, and I've been doing videos now for two years. It's pretty crazy. I think you you've surpassed me uh, in terms of number of episodes uh, versus number of episodes on the podcast. So, <laughs> um, but no, we I always look forward to them. And um, I know, yeah, you touched on this a little bit, but uh, so when you're making videos and you're telling stories about just your daily life with SMA, what do you hope for viewers to get out of it? Whether they're someone in the SMA community or someone who's never heard of SMA. Well, I know in SMA, there's such a wide range of abilities, and I just want everyone to know that regardless of what your ability level is, that you can have a wonderful life, and you can probably do more than you can even imagine. And I want to show other people that someone with a disability can have a life and have a great life, and we can do a lot of things. Absolutely. No, and I think you definitely do that, whether it's, you know, doing you're showing footage of you just at an outing or um, using assistive technology at home, whatever it is. It's it's a really great concept. And uh, no, I think that's great. And on that note, too, you know, talking about um, different abilities. And so in terms of the actual production of your videos, like, do you, um, were there any was there anything you picked up early on um, that made it easier for you to record your videos and that? you would recommend maybe for if uh, if there are other people that may out there who are interested in, you know, making videos or podcasting. Um, is there anything from a technical perspective you would recommend and that you've picked up along the way? 
Well, doing the videos actually is very challenging because of my limited mobility. Mm -hmm. um, I do do a lot with my webcam because that's stationary. Um, I just found a pair of video glasses that I've been using this year, and that helps me be able to get videos out and about. Um, unfortunately, my mom is a lot of times my videographer, <laughs> and I think I've told her I've fired her about 10 times already, um, but uh, she's usually around the most, so I just have her grab my phone and try and direct, do my directing. Um, so hopefully over the next year, I'll uh, figure out even better ways to get video and take you guys along with me on my journeys. It's got to be fun directing your mom, though, in some way. Uh, that's <laughs> <laughs> Well, when, uh, when she doesn't know the difference between play and stop, it gets to be a little bit challenging. <laughs> I can imagine. I have, you know, like, uh, it's, uh, I've had that experience with my, my dad, bless him, but yeah, technology is not his skill level, so uh, yeah, that, it would be a similar uh, fiasco there, for sure, but no, that's great, and um, I'm curious, have you ever had uh, PCAs record your videos? Because I know you have a lot of rotating PCAs. I have, actually, and they've done a really great job for me, too, so not all of them are can't, are willing to be on the camera, but they don't mind being behind the camera. Right, right. Well, I do remember uh, one video you had where you interviewed, I think, one of your longtime PCAs. I can't remember if that was earlier this year or last year. Do you remember that one? Yeah, I interviewed a PCA, Christy, who's worked with That's me great. since for about 15 years now. And then I've also had Ashley has been in a couple of videos of mine. So you'll see random times you'll see my PCA. I try to show what my life is like and give you guys tips and tricks of what makes my life easier. So you'll see my PCAs now and then. Right. I don't know. I think that's a great idea. I, I actually, I interviewed my longtime caregiver, Randy, on the podcast. Um, I think it was last year. And yeah, it, it's a lot of fun because I think that's a really good way to kind of a, give people encouragement uh, who are maybe on the search for caregivers and don't really know where to start. And also that, like, um, you can build relationships with caregivers, you know? So that's, yes. like, that's great. Well, I'm also curious, um, do you have any favorite videos or really anything else from 2019? One of the best videos, I think, of 2019 was my interview with Andrea Klein from Breathe With MD. Yep, she yep. gave a lot of great information that I think the SMA community can really learn from. So I highly recommend that one. And then another, um, not just one video, but my service dog, Roy, made appearances in a lot of my videos. And some of you might know that I lost him last month. And so those videos are really special to me because I know how important he was in my life. And I think it's just fun to see animals in videos. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, I mean, I, I know we've talked about it, but I wanted to express my condolences again about Roy. And I, uh, But like you said, it's a really cool that we have that, um, you know, kind of permanent uh, reminder of, you know, with the videos like the Alexa versus Roy was a great one. I know that was pretty early on. Um, yeah, those were fun. 
that was a lot of fun. And I was going to, yeah, I, the the pick for me was going to be the Andrew, um, the Breathe With MD representative as well. That was fantastic. So if listeners out there have not seen that video, I highly recommend it as well. It had a lot of good information in it, for sure. It, it really was. It was, I mean, that was an organization I was unfamiliar with um, prior to, but I thought she did a great job explaining its genesis and um, among other things and just like, um, and just like you kind of like talking about daily living yeah. with MD. So it was really cool. Um, but that's great. Well, um, and Deanne, just wrapping up here too. I, this is something I always ask guests when I have on the podcast, um, on the regular Q and a episodes, but, uh, do you have any advice for others with SMA who may be listening or really anyone in the SMA community? I know life can be challenging at times, and I just want everybody to think about what they want for their futures and go after it. It doesn't always work out like you plan, and I'll show you that in my videos, uh, but um, there's different ways that you can get things done if you really want to. I totally agree, and I think you really exemplify that in your videos and um, in your forum posts and everything else, so that's great. Well, um, well, this was really great. Deanne, thanks for coming on today. And um, I'm sure we'll have you on again. These are a lot of fun when, um This way I don't have to only talk to Michael. So this, this is great. <laughs> but, uh, but, oh no, we, uh, Michael and I mess with each other if listeners couldn't already tell. But um, we definitely have the brotherly relationship. So, yes, uh, well. Yes, as long as you remember that I'm the older and more wiser brother. Oh, yes, exactly. <laughs> I, I have. I can't exactly win that or like like oppose that argument. So yeah, but absolutely. Well, um, well, I want to thank everyone for joining us today, and also to everyone listening. Um, it's been a really fantastic year for us, and we'll have plenty more to talk about in 2020. Um, I, Michael, Deanne, do you have any final thoughts before we close out? I hope everyone has a great holiday and a wonderful year. <laughs> Excuse me. I hope everyone has a wonderful year in 2020. And I think what I would like to say is, you know, we have seen so many uh, medical breakthroughs with regards to SMA. And I say this in my videos. I say this in my flash briefings and everything that we have a lot to look forward to. And a lot of people may get tired of me saying that, but it really is true. Because if you think about it, five years ago, we had nothing. And now, hopefully by the mid part of next year, 2020, we're going to have three viable treatments for SMA. And uh, I don't look for these new treatments to come to an end anytime soon. I think uh, 2020, we may see another one besides the potential of Rizdaplam. And I just look for a lot of really good things to come out in the next couple of years. So, you know, remain positive. Keep a smile on your face because... Hey, uh, I think it's going to get exponentially better as time goes on. Absolutely. Yeah. 20, 2020 can be full of adventures. Yes, it can. And I think it will be. But uh, anyway, for those of you that are listening, I hope that you have a uh, great holiday season. And I look forward to uh, talking to you again next year. Awesome. Well, for our listeners out there, you can hear more stories and discussions like this by subscribing to the SMA News Today podcast. And you, as we said already, you can connect with us directly on our, on our forums and follow our main website at smanewstoday.com for all the latest SMA news and perspectives.
I'm your host, Kevin Schaefer. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you all next year. Happy holidays. The information in our flash briefings and podcasts are provided for informational and educational purposes only. Be sure to tune in daily to SMA News Today for the latest news and perspectives regarding the disease. All of our podcasts and flash briefings can be found on our website at www.smanewstoday.com. You can also find our podcast and flash briefings on SoundCloud, Spotify, and iTunes. And be sure to follow us on our Instagram and Facebook page as well. I'm Michael Morale, Senior Director of Multi-Channel Content for SMA News Today.